What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. This episode is the latest installment of the Locked on Blazers 2019-2020 season wrap-up. We're dedicating a full episode to every player on the roster, giving you a brief but thorough look at their season in Portland. We'll look at their performance this past season, how they got here and what they did once they were on the roster, and finally, we'll close out the show. Looking ahead to the upcoming season and the role and expectations for the 2021 basketball season. This is our 12th installment of the season wrap-up, so if you missed any, check your podcast feed, start catching up today. Today we've got a two-for-one, focusing on mid-season acquisitions, Wenyan Gabriel and Caleb Swanigan. Let's start by reviewing what Gabriel and Swanigan did for the Blazers during the 2019-2020 season. In 19 games with the Blazers, including one start, Wenyan Gabriel averaged 2.3 points and 2.2 rebounds in 9.2 minutes per game. He shot 48.4% from the field and 41.7% from three. That's five for 12 total. Don't get too carried away. He made a few of them. Swanigan appeared in 20 games with Portland. Also getting one start, he averaged 3.0 points, 4.7 rebounds, 1.5 assists in 13.3 minutes a night. He shot 60% from the field and went 0 for 2 from 3-point range as a Blazer. Let's start with how both these gentlemen ended up on the Blazers. Wenyan Gabriel went undrafted in 2018 after spending two seasons at Kentucky. He signed a two-year two-way deal with the Kings in July of 2018 and spent the entire 2018-2019 season in the G, in the G League. But heading into a second year removed from college, Sacramento converted his two-way contract, which is essentially a minor league deal. It's you're affiliated with a club, but you can only spend 45 days with uh, with an NBA team. It's basically a minor league contract that you sign with the major league team, I think is the best way to think about a two way deal. So they converted that minor league deal into a minimum NBA contract during training camp. He had earned a spot on the team. He played 11 games for the Kings, but was never really part of the rotation with any regularity. Swanigan who was traded to the Kings at the 2019 trade deadline, never had a real role in Sacramento either. The Blazers, uh, you'll remember, drafted Caleb Swanigan in the 2017 NBA draft and then traded him to the Kings for Scalabus year. So Swanigan, original Blazer, back on the Kings in 2019, as of the 2019 trade deadline, never had a real role in Sacramento. He played just seven games with the Kings during this season, the 2019-2020 season, and never scored more than two points in any of those appearances. He was a bit player on a team with a bunch of other young bigs. Uh, if they were going to play another young big from his draft class, it was going to be Harry Giles. If they were going to play another highly touted young big, it was going to be Marvin Bagley. If they were going to play a good player, it was going to be Rashawn Holmes. All young guys who were ahead of him on the depth chart. Throw in uh, Nemanja Belitza, Harrison Barnes playing power forward. There just wasn't a ton of minutes for old Swanee when he was in, when he was with the Kings. So with two big men struggling to find a real spot in the rotation and the Kings looking to move Trevor Ariza, who was not particularly interested in being a King and even less interested in being a bench player for the Kings, Sacramento found a trade partner. That's your Portland Trail Blazers. And on January 21st, 2020, it's January of this year, the Portland Trail Blazers traded Kent Bazemore, Anthony Tolliver, and two second round draft picks that'll be coming in 2024 and 2025 to Sacramento in exchange for Ariza. Gabriel and Swanigan. My read on the deal as far as the Blazers are concerned is this. Swanigan was a center. It was a position of need. You'll remember at the time, 
The Blazers didn't have Yusuf Nurkic back. Zach Collins hadn't returned from injury. Hassan Whiteside was the lone center on the roster because they had kind of tried Anthony Tolliver there and didn't work. And Scalabissier had hurt his knee and then had been traded that shortly thereafter to the Atlanta Hawks. I don't think he had technically been traded yet as of this deal, but he was about to be traded as of as of this deal. He was he was hurt and not playing though. They just didn't have a center on the roster. So Swanigan gave them a position of need and someone who knew the system. There wasn't as much of a learning cur- curve as there had been for other big men. Like say you just centers are the easiest guys to sign off the street because um, seven footers aren't he- like hugely coveted in the league. And also there just aren't that many of them. So those dudes are st- staying ready. Tyler Zeller's out there staying ready. Uh, Greg Monroe's out there staying ready. So you-, you can go get a minimum center off the street, but those guys would have a much steeper learning curve. They wouldn't kind of have an idea of the concepts of where to be of, of, of the plays of all the things that help you assimilate to a new to a new job, a new roster, a new NBA team, right? So Swanigan fit the bill. That's why you you include him in this trade. And in Wenyan Gabriel, the Blazers got a young, somewhat intriguing athlete. He's long. He can play the three and the four. He's um, His upside probably is an NBA star, but it might be NBA player. And I think the Blazers, if they were going to trade away these two vets and require Riza, who has some money on on the end of his deal, wanted someone who could maybe be on the roster into the future um, beyond just uh, Ariza potentially for this next season. So the price of getting a somewhat promising, intriguing part for Gabriel was these two second round picks. So that is how the Blazers acquired, reacquired Caleb Swanigan and acquired Wenyan Gabriel. If you've listened to these player capsules in the past, the second segment is where I usually play my best case and worst case scenarios. I, I laid these out for every player who was on the roster heading into training camp and kind of set uh, expectations for realistic expectations based on what their role would be and what, what the Blazers would ask of them for their absolute best case scenario on the court and their worst case scenario at, as a member of the roster. Uh, these were without injuries and within reason, like I said, but Swanigan and Wendon Gabriel weren't on the roster. So I don't have audio from a year ago to replay you. If you listen back to any of the other 12 I've done, I've got that audio from the past. Michael from the past joins us in the second segment. We're going to have Michael from the present laid out for us. And what we're going to talk about is what Wendon Gabriel and what Caleb Swanigan did when they were on the roster. We talked about how they got here. Now let's talk about what they did. But before I do that, I want to tell y'all about Roman. It can be awkward or embarrassing to talk about erectile dysfunction. Usually we brush it off or blame ourselves, but Roman is here to get you the advice you want and the help you need with no shame. Here's how it works. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation for and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship you real medicine with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple, too. You just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOn and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to talk about, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Here's how you do it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOn and get up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment, a free online visit, and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOn for $50 off your first month of ED treatment. One more time so you don't forget it. GetRoman.com slash LockedOn. All right. 
So we're still rolling through our season wrap-ups. We talked about Wenyan Gabriel and Caleb Swanning and how they landed on the on the Blazers. I kind of gave you a sense of why my read on the trade, why it was it worked the way it worked. The real read on the trade was the Blazers needed an upgrade at, at on the wing. Uh, Trevor Reza wasn't working out in Sacramento. Kent Bazemore wasn't working out in uh in Portland, they swapped them. Both players were better with a change of scenery. Swanigan and Wenyan Gabriel were bit parts of the trade, but they weren't just any bit parts. Like I said, Swanigan was immediately the backup center. He was immediately part of the rotation. He appeared actually in 20 of the 21 games he was on the roster before the hiatus in mid-March. And he played in double-digit minutes in 16 of his 20 appearances. Like, he was, he was going to play... They got him because they needed him to play. They needed help at that spot, and Swanigan could help them because he he had an understanding of the playbook, like I said in the first segment. You'll remember, Scalabissier was hurt and traded to the Hawks. Nurk and Zach weren't back. Swanigan, day one, immediately upon arrival, he was your backup center. But his contributions also included one start, as I mentioned in that first segment. His lone start in his second stint with the Blazers came on February 7th at Utah. You right remember that game as the one the Blazers nearly won, but Rudy Gobert got away with a blatant goaltend, and then the Blazers had to foul, and then somehow the Blazers got one more possession, and and the ball found, of all people, Caleb Swanigan for a wide-open, very good look at a game-tying three-pointer from the corner, hit the rim twice, bounced out, Blazers lose a game they absolutely should have won um it was taken from them I'm not sure it in the end it totally impacts how their season ended up but maybe it would have been slightly easier for them in the bubble hard to say that game against Utah though was one of two games in which Caleb Swanigan grabbed double digit rebounds the other one came earlier in the same week a game that also include him scoring a season-high seven points when he grabbed 10 rebounds in a blowout loss to Denver. That was on February 4th, just three days before Rudy Gobert stole one, or maybe the ref stole one from the Blazers. But Swanigan's dip back into the Blazers' rotational mainstay was, was short-lived. He opted out of the NBA bubble for personal reasons, so his season and potentially his Blazers' career ended somewhat unceremoniously on March 10th when he had five rebounds in a scoreless 11 minutes against the Phoenix Suns. The NBA shut down the next day, and Swanigan didn't, never came back in a Blazers uniform. Like I said, opted out of the bubble for personal reasons. Unlike Swanigan, who was part of the plan early, Wenyan Gabriel was not. He was on the inactive list and then got some DNPs until he didn't. Wenyan Gabriel's Trailblazers debut came in a, a truly unique setting. He started at power forward at Los Angeles and was tasked with guarding Anthony Davis in the first game at Staples Center following Kobe Bryant's passing. Gabriel fouled out of that game, but he did some things that you would remember. He grabbed rebounds, he got, he blocked a shot, he played hard, he hustled. He did the things that would make you come to think, maybe Wenyan Gabriel can help. And I think that's the whole thing with Gabriel. His counting stats don't really account for the full experience and what makes him this intriguing player. He scored in double figures once with the Blazers, putting up 12 points in that blowout loss to the Pelicans on February 11th, and prior to the bubble, he had at least a steal or a block in 11 of his 19 appearances. He does stuff. 
Somehow he never had a steal and a block both in the same game. And he only had two games with more than four rebounds and only five of which he grabbed more than three. He just, he, he, like he does stuff. He blocks a shot here. He gets a steal there. He grabs three rebounds. It's just, he doesn't do a lot of it. He doesn't pack the box score. That's not what he's being asked to do. And maybe it's not what he's good at. I don't think the traditional box score is particularly kind, dear Wenyon. And to appreciate him or to allow yourself to get excited about what he can do, you have to see it happen. Even seeing it happen, you might be skeptical, but you certainly can't just peruse the box score and appreciate the Wenyon-Gabriel experience. Gabriel appeared in two of the Blazers' seeding games at Disney World inside the bubble. Hassan Whiteside missed two games. Wenyon-Gabriel was plugged into the lineup. Other than that, he did not play in those eight restart games nor the play-in game against the Memphis Grizzlies, but all of a sudden, injuries got him back on the court. In game one of the playoffs with Zach Collins out of the lineup, Gabriel did what he does, back in a familiar spot, starting against the Lakers and guarding Anthony Davis. It went okay, right? It went okay. He went two for two in that game. Three boards, three assists. Got a bloody nose via LeBron James' forearm and told his buddies about it on the bench while he was wearing a microphone and they played it on the broadcast. I got my first ever nosebleed from Braun. That's crazy. It was good stuff. Um, I, the first Gabriel experience, I, I think, was positive. He got the start in Game 2, and the Blazers got absolutely thrashed. He was then essentially benched for the next two games, getting playing time only due to foul trouble in Game 3, and then due to a truly epic blowout in Game 4. He didn't play at all in Game 5, and that was it. Blazers' season ended there, with Wendy and Gabriel getting a brief cameo and then almost no cameo. His playoff minutes were a little puzzling. Honestly, I was surprised that the Blazers totally abandoned him altogether in favor of Anthony Simons, who basically hadn't played since March. Wenyon Gabriel wasn't the answer, and he was kind of okay when he played, and he still lost the assignment. The Blazers decided to go bigger. Hassan Whiteside's a better basketball player. They shortened the rotation. All these factors. Um, I was a little confused by it, but I don't think this is some sort of damning coaching mistake not to play when in Gabriel. It was just a somewhat puzzling decision. In the third segment, let's come back and close out the show and look ahead to what's next for Gabriel and Swanigan. They're both entering free agency, and I'm going to tell you who's back on the team and who's looking for a new job. But before we get there, I want to tell y'all about Built Bar. You know Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. Comes in 18 amazing flavors. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They got that candy bar-like texture. If you've tried other protein bars, you know they can be like kind of chalky and dry. That's not what this is. Built Bar is a delicious protein bar option. Some of my personal favorite flavors, salted caramel, peanut butter, toffee almond, Coconut's pretty good, too. I like the orange one. And they've got new flavors, too. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. If those sound pretty good to you, I got other good news. Built Bar is a wonderful option for the health conscious among us because they're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high in fiber. So get your hands on some of these delicious and nutritious protein bars by going to BuiltBar.com and using the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Still a pass for his point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locked On Blazers. We're still talking about Wenyon Gabriel and Caleb Swanigan. We talked about their 
2019-2020 performance with the Blazers, how they got here and what they did once they were on the roster. Now let's look ahead. Both of these young men are heading into free agency for the first time in their NBA careers. Caleb Swanigan finds himself in this place because the Kings declined to pick up his fourth-year option at the start of the season. He'll enter unrestricted free agency when the offseason begins here in a couple weeks. If you are unfamiliar or maybe have forgotten, rookie contracts in the NBA are structured like two plus one plus one. So it's two guaranteed years, a team option for year three and a team option for year four. And the team exercises the third year right before uh, the second year starts and the fourth year right before the third year starts. Uh, You get a season in advance or whatever to know if you're going to be picked up or not. Most rookies play out their four-year deals. Guys who struggle a little bit like Swanigan sometimes get... uh, get cut earlier than that, Get their, do not get their options picked up. Swanigan is one of those guys. And quite frankly, I think his NBA career is over. He's big enough and skilled enough to play professional basketball for several more years if he chooses to do so. I just don't think he can play in the NBA at his height and his speed. He's an he's a undersized center who has some turnover issues and isn't a great shooter. That's not the type of player teams want and he's had three years to kind of break in albeit he was always going to be a low minute guy in Portland and the Kings don't exactly have a great track record for developing people so maybe he wasn't in a great spot maybe he finds a better spot and develops into an NBA player but I I don't see it and quite frankly playing professional basketball in other places can be a very good life you can make more money doing it in Europe than on a minimum deal in 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 the NBA if you if you find a way to stick you're making more money doing it in another part of the world than you would be in the NBA. Swanigan, as you may recall, made his way to the league after a really challenging childhood, too. That included living in homeless shelters and battling weight issues since he was a middle schooler. The man overcame a great deal to get to this point, and he's transformed his body and changed his life through basketball. He's made about $5 million in his three NBA seasons. I have a hard time reading that as anything other than a success. I wish him the best of luck, but if you're asking me as a basketball analyst if I think he has an NBA career, I don't. I want to be honest. I'm rooting for a guy like Caleb Swanigan, but I'm not predicting that the next time we see him will be in an NBA jersey. For Wenyan Gabriel, his situation is a little bit different because he signed a two-way deal that was converted into a minimum NBA contract. He is a restricted free agent. That means the Blazers can extend him a qualifying offer and will have the right to match any offer he receives on the open market. And I kind of think Gabriel is worth taking a flyer on. He's long and athletic and he plays hard as hell when he's given the chance. The question is more whether the Blazers should be the team to take that flyer. I go back and forth on whether I think they will. The pro argument is simple. He's a restricted free agent. The Blazers can go over the cap to keep him if they want, and he'll likely be very cheap at the minimum or darn close to it. That's it. He's good. He'll be cheap. Maybe he can help. The con argument is one I've made on this podcast in a couple other audio spaces, and I'll repeat it here now. The Blazers have 10 locks to make the roster, 11 if you include a first-round pick who's a rookie, 12 if you include the second-round pick who'll be a rookie, and 13 if you add Carmelo Anthony into the mix. The locks include Rodney Hood and Mario Hazonia, both picking up their player options, and Hassan Whiteside leaving. So if you assume the Blazers will have 12 or 13 players, maybe as few as 11 if things work out a little bit differently, the Blazers will have between two and four roster spots to upgrade this group. They'll, that That's it. Four, four spots at the most. 
more likely they'll have two or three. The question is, is spending one of those spots on a 24-year-old who doesn't necessarily project as a rotation player the best use of one of those roster spots? Maybe it is. You may believe so, and the Blazers may end up believing so too, but I think it's worth acknowledging that the Blazers, why the Blazers might or might not re-sign him. He can help and develop maybe into an NBA player down the road, but are the Blazers in a position to have the end of their bench be filled with projects if it's multiple rookies, Wenyan Gabriel and Nazir Little? Is that the best use of their of, of roster building with a 30-year-old Damian Lillard and championship-level aspirations for some time in the next three seasons? That's what the Blazers are up against with Gabriel. I, I think he's an NBA player. I'm not sure he's an NBA player with the Blazers. We will see what happens. That's going to do it for today's show. Like I said, this is our 13th installment of the player wrap-ups. So if you've missed any of the other 12, they're waiting in your feed. I think they're useful tools for thinking about this roster, both last season and looking ahead and what it might mean for the team moving forward. I also think they're a great thing to share with your friends who are trying to get into the team. You can just get a quick little player capsule on all on everybody on the roster. But because we've hit 13, it means we have one left. So later this week, we'll be le- releasing our final player capsule. The whole roster will be available for your audio enjoyment. And if you're good at process of elimination, you know that the very last one is Carmelo Anthony. We'll be talking about his season with the Blazers and what to do. With Mello this year and into the future, whether he'll be back and should the Blazers want him to be back. Real questions for the Blazers this offseason. We also got a mailbag Monday coming out tonight, if you're listening to this on Monday, October 12th. If not, check your feeds. There's a mailbag episode waiting for you. If you want to get involved with that, email me, lockedonblazerspot at gmail.com or tweet at me at Mike G. Rich. We're also about five weeks away from the NBA draft, which means next week we're pivoting to draft coverage. We're going to be talking about prospects, who the Blazers might target, some people are going to be in their range, how to upgrade this roster through the draft, which is coming in November. An honestly strange time for the NBA draft. Tell your friends about this podcast. They can get it wherever they already listen to podcasts. Just search Locked on Blazers. Be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.